This guy, Flash Thompson, he probably deserved what happened. But just because you can beat him up, doesn't give you the right to. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Welcome back to the Obsessible Podcast. So let me explain those sound bout, those signed sound about what the whole entire hell is going on here. Let me explain <laughs> those sound bites, English, <laughs> that you just heard. I wanted to start this episode with some of my favorite moments from superhero movies because that's what this entire episode is going to be about it's about the comic book genre it's about superheroes television shows and films so let's talk about those quick sound bites so one of probably the most quoted and repeated phrases is ben parker's is from ben parker's speech to um to toby mcguire in spider-man from 20 uh 2002 with great power comes great responsibility. So naturally I had to open it with that. The second clip you heard was from 1989 Batman. It's Michael Keaton delivering his famous line, I am Batman. I honestly, it gets me so giddy like that. (laughs) That line right there still gives me goosebumps. And to this day, I don't think anybody delivers it better than him. We'll wait for Robert Pattinson, but I don't I don't know if anyone's going to change my mind on that. Uh, it is what it is. It's how I feel. Um, Michael Keaton is my Batman. And yeah, that's just what it is. Uh, the third clip you heard was from 1978's Superman starring my man, my longtime love, Christopher Reeves, um, the first Superman and the Superman for which I judge every other Superman casting since him. Uh, he like the first time I ever fell in love with superheroes. It was with this character, this role. Superman is my all time favorite bar none superhero, um, of all time. He's my absolute favorite. And this is the moment where uh, Superman reveals himself to the world for the first time and saves Lois from uh, from from a helicopter crash that happened on the top of the Daily Planet. Um, yeah, so that was where clip three is from. And clip four, 
every time I watch this, it's literally my, it, it brings me back to the moment in the theater when I saw it for the first time. I was with a bunch of people. I had organized a group to go see this film and I, I just, I, I could cry just thinking about it. I was just like so excited. This was like, how is this going to turn out? Like, you know, Cap is mashup. The, 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 the shield is tore up, but he has resolved himself. He's going to fight. He's, he's decided he's going to lay down his life. He's going to fight until he dies. He doesn't care. Um, if it's, it's just him one left, the whole Avengers compound has been decimated. He doesn't know where his team is. Um, the, the team that's currently, that survived the blip, he doesn't know where they are. They're all over the place have, having been, you know, whooped by Thanos. And then he hears Sam's voice in the radio and it's like the, oh, oh gosh, I'm right. I'm there guys. I'm, I'm back in the moment. <laughs> I love it. I, I could watch it over and over and over again. That, that moment when we hear Sam's voice and he's like on your left. Yeah. I had to include it. I had to include it. Those are some of my absolute favorite scenes from uh, superhero films over the many decades. <laughs> but in any case, thank you so much for being here. This is Obsessible, the podcast, and we are talking superheroes, TV, movies, everything. I'm going to be spilling some tea. We're going to be talking about some of uh, uh, your favorite shows and films. So what are they? Drum roll, please. Those are... We are going to focus on a couple of properties, but we're going to do a bunch of honorable mentions. So what we're going to actually talk about today are uh, The Watchmen, The Boys, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Invincible, Loki, Zero, and Jupiter's Legacy. We're going to talk all about that in what what was up, what's up now, and what's next for TV. For film, we're going to talk about Project Power, Fast Color, Freaks, Thunder Force, Zack Snyder's uh, The Snyder Cut of Justice League, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and The Suicide Squad. It's a big episode, guys. Dare I say it's supersized? <laughs> That's why you're here. You're here for the corniness. <laughs> you're here for... That's what you came here for. <laughs> but any in any case... I'm excited. Buckle up. Go grab a snack. Grab a drink. We're going to go on an adventure with this one. Talking all things TV and movies superhero related. If you have not been here before, let me introduce myself. My name is Nicole. I am your host, otherwise known as Nikki to my friends. And if you're listening to the Obsessible Podcast, we are now besties. That's what we do here. We gather with our besties. We have a little key key. We joke. We talk. We laugh. It's a good old time. And I just have to say thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Obsessible. Let's do it. Oh, isn't that the one where the guy becomes limitless? So it was really, really, really hard for me to figure out what shows I was going to focus on. And initially I was going to go through 10 different television series, like between what was up, what was up now and what was up next. Um, and that just became like, I, I don't have the time to dedicate <laughs> to such an in-depth reviews for each show. Um, so I condensed it down to, oh my God, almost 10, <laughs> eight, <laughs> oh my God, 
Seriously, Nicole, you're ridiculous. <laughs> I thought I was doing something over here. There's still eight of them that I'm going to go through. Some of them are going to go through much faster than others. Um, the what's up next is going to be much faster because I haven't seen those. But um, the first five uh, are going to be a little more in depth because I have seen those. But before I even get started on that, I want to talk to you. I want to just give you some quick honorable mentions because there are there is a plethora of superhero TV out there or t TV shows dedicated to uh, comic book the comic book genre and superheroes specifically because just because it's a comic book doesn't mean it's about superheroes so you know I, I just had to say that um but specifically for superheroes lots and lots of television shows both in streaming and on network um but I'm focusing on streaming and um I'm focusing on the five that I really 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 enjoyed and loved but here are some of the honorable mentions the Umbrella Academy Raising Dion, Daredevil, The Defenders, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, The Punisher, Luke Cage. Uh, here's the theme here. There's a theme, if you don't notice. <laughs> Those are all Netflix properties. Um, but the Marvel stories for Netflix uh, that came out that featured The Defenders, so Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil, The Punisher, and Luke Cage, I do not believe are any longer on Netflix because Marvel and Disney have taken their properties back. Um, we feel that we're going to see them again. There's going to be some sort of continuation, but we don't really know what that's going to look like. But each of the shows that I just mentioned are all on Netflix. So The Umbrella Academy has a couple of seasons already and is currently see, uh, uh, filming season three. I did not particularly like season one. I have not seen season two. I will definitely say watch it, but it wasn't my favorite. Raising Dion, I, de I definitely enjoyed. Um, very interesting superhero story in terms of the 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 superhero progression. Like it's a young boy. Um, he's seven years old. So watching him go through um, his process and going on his superhero journey, um, I enjoyed it. It was frustrating for me because he was very disobedient <laughs> and he, he lacked uh, discipline. But I loved his best, his best friend. Um, in the show, she really grounded him and kept him pointing in the right direction. Loved that about it. Um, and it kept, it surprised me. I didn't see a bunch of stuff coming. So that was great. Um, and then the rest, Daredevil, by far my favorite, favorite character is, um, is the Punisher, even though Daredevil plays a close second. But yeah, all of these shows, uh, they're definitely worth watching. Umbrella Academy was the one I enjoyed the least, but all of the others I really enjoyed will definitely suggest watching if you can get your hands uh your eyes on the defenders in that group uh please do so don't know where you would do that at but do it okay moving on let's get into the meat and potatoes the watchman let's start there okay so this for what was up i chose the watchman and the boys um i've seen the entire season of the watchman there will be no season two to tell you where it's to watch it's on hbo max in the united states hbo and crave in canada uh wherever hbo is available to you uh, no matter where you are in the world that is where you would find the watchman uh we're talking seven or eight episodes eight episodes i believe of just brilliance it, it's literally fantastic uh it picks up 34 years after the events of the original show so it's not of the original sorry comic book events after the end of those 
the end of the comic book. It picks up 34 years after that. And in, the show starts on the day of the 1921 Tulsa Massacre um, that happened. This is a real thing that happened in the United States of America, which a lot of people just had no idea about. And, um, it was fueled by racism and jealousy. And, uh, a lot of people died because of it. As a result, the film, the film, the show takes place in Tulsa, primarily in stars, um, Regina King, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, um, who else? Also stars Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Andrew Howard, uh, Jacob Ning Trent, Tom Neeson, Sarah Vickers, Dylan Schomburg, Louis Gossett Jr. Like what? And the brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, Jeremy Irons, as well as Gene Smart um, and Hong Chow. Um, listen, listen, watch this. Get into it. This show is amazing not just like a fan favorite, like, I mean, critical acclaim across the board. They were nominated for 26 Emmys. Um, of the 26, they won 11, including best limited series. Uh, Regina King, uh, received an award for best actress for a limited series and Abdul Mateen for best supporting actor in a limited series. Uh, this was the most for any show in 2020. So you have to understand it is not just about the fact that, um, uh, it's a, a superhero show. This is a lauded show. You know, it received uh, critical acclaim as well as, as fan support. So it is absolutely amazing. It was created for TV by um, Damon Lindelof. Um, and he was a showrunner and executive producer and head writer. He does a fantastic job. He had a vision for the show. He... And he stuck to the vision and he told the story. He stepped away after season one. He based an HBO. Initially, HBO thought there was going to be more. But when he stepped away, he was basically like, listen, this, I've told the story I wanted to tell. And I, I don't, you know, nothing, nothing left. I got, I got to give. So now it's basically like, we're not going to get a second season of this, which kind of wumps because they, the way it ended, it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Um, and this was one of those shows. Let me tell you something. I watched for 14, I watched four, I watched the first four episodes and then I put it down because I was like, I have no idea what's happening. And you might say that because I can't figure it out. I stepped away. It's not that, it's not that it's that the episodes themselves were so self-contained in their stories that I couldn't define a common theme or thread. Even though I knew that there was one, I just couldn't seem to pinpoint it. And so I just felt like my head was up my butt. And I was just like, I'm, I, what, I, I don't know what's going on. Like my feet are in the air. My head is on the ground. I'm walking on my hands. Everything is topsy-turvy. I am confusion. How does this show work? What is it about? What is happening? Who is the villain? I don't even know who to be mad at in this thing. I was so confused. So I allowed, they dropped it uh, uh, weekly. So I allowed a few more episodes to drop before I picked it back up. And when I did, I let me tell you something. By episode six, it all came together. And I wanted to stand up and give them a rousing round of applause. It covers absolutely everything. And because of the way that they've built the universe, uh, it's still very much grounded in reality. And the Watchmen as a series period is, is that like they have supers, but, um, not your standard fare. So 
it's already a story in a universe that is different and more grounded in reality. And they did a really good job of that. This is, they're focusing on anti, uh, anti vigilantism or anti heroism. Um, and those people are kind of driven underground. There was a time when it's yay, but then it's like, what? Um, but the, uh, the world is like operating in a, in fear most of the time. Right. And these people are just kind of waiting their turn, but then this fear is also like, turned on, even though they've turned back to traditional forms of heroism, those traditional heroes in this particular uh, um, city in Tulsa have been targeted. And so now they have to take on, um, um, they have to take on alternate uh, egos in, to, in order to do their jobs as police because their identities and their families are now at risk. Plot twist, right? Completely different thing um, than we were expecting. And Regina King plays Sister Knight and she delivers on every single level. The show is fantastic. Jeremy Irons as Osmandis is brilliant, just brilliant and psychotic and a sociopath, but he's so good at it. He, this, he delivers the role phenomenally like I, I just it's it's so good I can't even talk about this enough like it's that good you will have to wait if you haven't watched to figure it out what is going on the plot to set the end I was so blown away I didn't see it coming on any level whatsoever shape or form. To, to the point where I was like how did I not how did I not see that coming but man they played me and they played the audience and it was amazing I I, I loved it I I'm surprised I actually haven't watched it again so I can actually pull back all the layers and see if there were Easter eggs that I just happened to miss before everything was actually revealed, but immensely enjoyed that. And I would definitely say that you should watch press play on the Watchmen. It's fantastic. Regina King, Yaya Mateen, Jeremy Irons, they did their thing. You got to watch. Next up is an Amazon prime property and it's called the boys. And, uh, this show is like a wild ride. So the boys is based on a comic book of the same name by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson um, and was developed for TV for Amazon Prime Video by Eric Kripke. It also has a amazing cast and I'll let you know who these amazing people are. We have <clears throat> Carl Urban as Billy Butcher, Jack Quaid as Hugh Huey Campbell, Anthony Starr as John Homelander, hate that guy, Aaron Moriarty as Annie January slash Starlight, Dominique Miguelet as Maggie Shaw, Queen Maeve, Jesse T. Usher as Reggie Franklin, aka A-Train, Lazalonzo. We always need eye candy <laughs> as Marvin T. Milk, aka Mother's Milk, Chase Crawford, another little cutie, Kevin Moskowitz, The Deep. Tomer Kappen as Serge Frenchie, Karen Fukuhara as Kimiko Miyashiro, uh, the female, um, Nathan Mitchell as Black Noir, he's a bad boy, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue as Madeline Stilwell, sociopath, uh, Colby <laughs> Minofi as Ashley Barrett, just confused, that girl's confused, and Aya Cash, who appears in season two as Clara Risinger, um, aka Liberty, aka Stormfront. Let's get into it. So basically, <sighs> Okay, this show is, is, is set in a universe where superpower people are uh, 
matter of course. They've been around for decades and decades and decades. And the the lie that is told is that all of these superheroes were born this way. And if you were born a soup, then you are basically living your life to become what is called, um, to become a member of what is called the seven, who are basically controlled and overseen by an organization called Vought. And Vought is the company that made the superheroes. Um, this show is rated R super fun. Like, and it doesn't paint superheroes as these like amazing people. They're kind of really narcissistic, selfish. Some are addicted. I mean, like, did I say selfish? <laughs> Sociopathic and psychotic tendencies. They are uh, troubled. <laughs> troubled to say the least. Um, and extremely self-serving. Did I say selfish? <laughs> I really feel like I have to like drill that message home. These people are hella selfish. And so the show kind of starts where on the day that Huey loses the love of his life by simply going for a walk with her. And that's because A-Train on a mission literally blows through her. He is moving so quickly he does not see her. And he kills her by running through her. In later moments, you will see him talking about it. And he's kind of laughing and joking, saying that he thinks he swallowed one of her teeth. Fool, what? What'd you say? How are you just going to swallow someone's teeth and keep a pushing and just be like, okay, you know, you know, just a matter of course for the day. But it is just a matter of course. And this is why the boys, <clears throat> the anti-seven, basically, uh, come together and that group is led by Billy Butcher and he finds uh, Huey's character um, simply because of this event that happens. And so he recruits him into his ragtag group uh, of vengeance seeking uh, people. That also includes Laz Alonzo and um, as well, it also includes um, Frenchie, who I absolutely love, and uh, Kamiko. So they're basically just... Well, Billy Butcher has a hard on for, for Homelander and he wants that guy dead. I want that guy dead. <laughs> he's crazy. He's crazy, y'all. He's crazy. He's evil. He's terrible. Um, <clears throat> and they gave him all the powers of Superman. And I'm just so pissed because of that, because he's just so terrible. Like, how do you even defile Superman? Like, like, oh my God, he's terrible. In any case, <laughs> can you tell I don't like him? <laughs> but in any case, um... So Billy, Billy Butcher, he's just really like, he's trying to seek vengeance, his own, he's on his own mission, Kamikaze mission, and uh, he has roped in all of these people in order to support that mission. And um, there is drama. So considering that uh, superheroes are a thing, these people, he knows that there is a completely dark underside to them. He's completely aware of that because of his past experiences. That does come, uh, that does unfold. Um, but it's, it's a wild, wild ride. They hold no punches. They give no ish. They they don't care. They're, they're getting it in and they're going to show it happening. And so that's why it, it earns its rated R. It's, it's, it's R rating for sure. It earns it. Um, that's the boys on Amazon, um, on Amazon Prime. Definitely watch that. Highly enjoyable. Two seasons out. 
fun fact, filmed in and around the GTA and the 30s and is currently in production in the GTA in Toronto, where I'm at. So uh, <clears throat> if you see any superheroes, um, no, it's not, it's not just happening considering all the things in the world that have happened recently. Um, we're not going to punch superheroes on our 2021 bingo card. But uh, if you do happen to be in the GTA and you see some, that's probably why. <laughs> so that's the boys. So that was what was up. So for what's up now, there are three shows. I've watched all of them. They all are brand spanking new. They just all recently aired. And so if you haven't had an opportunity to watch these yet, you should definitely go ahead and do so. Um, WandaVision, let's start there. So WandaVision started, kicked off Marvel's phase four for the MCU. And this basically introduces us to the Wanda Maximoff back and forward story, I guess you could say. This is her actual origin story. So considering that we've already seen her in multiple films, this was the opportunity to answer a question. If you're a fan of Wanda or you're already familiar with her, not from the movies, but from her comic book, from the comics, then you know that she's known as the, as the Scarlet Witch, but she's never actually referred to as the Scarlet as the Scarlet Witch until this show, and so it answers that question because I was asking it as the show was starting. I was like, "Why?" I'm, I think by episode four, I was like, "How can they never refer to her as this?" And then we got the answer. So this was setting up uh, everything for her, what she's going to be about, what she, how much of a badass she really is already. And um, they're giving us all of this goodness in Wanda vision. And it's also explaining to us uh, what the future of her life looks like and what the, the future for vision is. Um, so it opens kind of like in this 1950s, uh, you know, uh, I Love Lucy style of, of television show. And it continues along that vein for about a few episodes. Each episode is about 30 minutes in length. So they're very short, typical sitcom length. But once we get into the reality, like into the real world, then it starts to pull in more characters and more um, more elements of the story to try to explain how we got here. But the underlying theme for the show is grief. And what we're exploring is Wanda's grief. She doesn't have any outlet for the things that have happened to her since Vision's death. The The world has been saved, but where does she has no home? Her heart has no home. She, she is grieving and everything that happens as a result of her grief is what we see in the show Wanda Vision. Um, and yes, there is more for, there is more to come as it relates to vision, but one of, there's a couple of key things and key character introductions that happen that absolutely make the show even that much more interesting. And that is the introduction of Tiana Paris as Monica Rambo and Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness. Now I didn't see the Ag Agatha Harkness thing coming. And we also get introduced to a whole new uh, organization kind of managing because, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. has basically been dismantled. Um, so who is protecting the world? Well, uh, they introduce us to the organization called S.W.O.R.D., Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division. That is S.W.O.R.D. And um, why they continue to bring us these organizations that have these incredibly long, complicated names that we have to break down to these acronyms. Anyway, I digress. Um, 
that is that is who is now kind of like monitoring the situations and is taking over uh operational control of these um super related uh potentially you know uh, alien invasion like circumstances and um monica kind of is picking up where her mom left off because her mom if you remember was maria rambo uh, Captain Marvel's best friend from Captain Marvel, and she was she passed away. So Monica was blipped. She comes back to a world where her mother has actually died of natural causes, and now she and Maria is actually a founding member of Sword, as well as a captain. So she um, basically has to figure out this world in which she really didn't have a place for her and a place in a part of the world where her mother no longer exists. And you could tell that there is some sort of like animosity that she might be feeling towards Captain Marvel. And we're not really sure why they don't really explore that, but we see that there's some sort of tension there. Then you have Catherine Hahn um, as Agatha Harkness, who has, who literally infiltrates this uh, world that uh, Wanda creates that is erupts out of her as a result of her grief and uh, has been playing everybody ever since, but then she reveals herself. And that reveal episode is phenomenal, especially the episode that follows right after that. And when we get some of Agatha's backstory, but um, it's, it's so good because we have the opportunity to see um, a new character and a new villain that we weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting. Some people were, but I wasn't expecting that. So it was really amazing. Um, it has wrapped. So the entire show has been released. It is on Disney Plus. That's where you can watch it. It's globally available on Disney Plus. Hopefully you have access to it no matter where you are. Um, and yeah, one season out. Don't know if we're going to get a second season, but it's definitely worth the watch. It was phenomenal. If you dropped it after three episodes, pick it back up and finish it. It's worth it. It's a great origin story, a great origin story for, uh, for Wanda. And, you know, there is some continuation for Vision. There is life in him yet. <laughs> All right. So that's WandaVision. The next uh, show I'm going to talk to you about is also from a part of Marvel's Phase 4, and it is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Just like with WandaVision, we pick up where um, we left off when it comes to the end of Avengers Endgame. And um, we have Anthony Mackie returning as the Falcon, and we have Sebastian Stan returning as uh, Bucky, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes. Um, both of them are in very different places. You know, uh, the world is, it's post-blip, and people are trying to figure things out. Governments are kind of in disarray. Many people are dis are displaced, and it's creating this new type of refugee, this new type of poverty. And they're all just trying to figure it out. They're not necessarily doing the best job of it, but that's just what they're trying to do. They're just trying to figure it out. And that creates uh, some definite chaos and animosity between um, people who wanted things to stay the way that they were. And this is where we see the rise of our main antagonists, um, the Flag Smashers. Um, so many surprises in this show. It's just so very well done. The action, the fighting, the new tech, um, the, the social commentary about racial, racial injustice, um, the conflict that Sam um, feels about being handed the, the the shield and what that means to be a black man carrying the shield, knowing that um, in this day, 
in America, there is still this stigma uh, about being black and being a soldier and what it means to fight for your country that doesn't really show that they love you or appreciate the things that you've done. And even for Sam, who is an Avenger and actually literally helped to save the world, is no different. He's treated no different. And so he can't even use the currency of being the Falcon uh, to, you know, make real change in his own personal life as he tries to, you know, support his sister and their family business back in Norns. So um, there's all of that and it's all discussed. And we we get some other characters. Uh, Sharon Carpenter um, comes back and... Um, uh, as well as um, Zemo comes back and we also get um, some members of the Dora Malaji. And that uh, was amazing. One of the most interesting things that happens is the introduction of a whole new Captain America. And that's before Sam decides to pick up the shield and sorry that, no, I'm not actually sorry, not sorry. Spoiler alert, y'all should know. <laughs> I spilled tea over here. Um, a new Captain America who is absolutely terrible. He sucks. He He's so defined by the job that he becomes egotistical, arrogant, and selfish. Um, he feels he's completely justified in everything that he does. There is a scene where he's literally fighting with Bucky and... Um, with Bucky and Sam, right after he basically kills this guy in front of the whole entire world, he feels he's completely justified just because of the fact that he's wearing, he's carrying the shield. And then even as he's fighting them, he's like blaming them for the fact that he's having to fight them. It is the height of narcissism. It is so disturbing to watch, but it is so well depicted and so well acted um, that you literally are like, Wow. Like you could actually see, they really portray, um, they really show you his disassociation. Like when he starts to really separate himself, separate from reality and the choices that he's making and how his personality is becoming altered. It's so, so, so well done. And that character is played by Wyatt Russell. Um, that Captain America's name is John Walker. And there's obviously a dual, a dual thing happening there. He plays, he plays another role, which you start to see become developed towards the end of the series. Uh, there are six episodes. It's streaming on Disney plus. You definitely need to watch, um, another very interesting character that gets introduced much in the same way that Agatha Harkness was introduced as one of the main, uh, villains in WandaVision. We have Julia Louis-Dreyfus show up as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. I didn't see that coming. Don't know if y'all saw that coming. I didn't, but I was so intrigued when she did show up and I wasn't familiar with the character. So I had to obviously do some research and I was like, I don't know what they're going to do with this. Um, uh, but it's going to be interesting because it is how um, um, they're using her to, to help John Walker's character evolve into another Captain America, which is called the U.S. Agent. So... That's all going to happen. We don't know. I And I have no idea if that's going to roll into, which it probably will, um, into another film or another series. But we're going to definitely see all of these characters play play um, play themselves again. Um, noteworthy battles or noteworthy fights. The Dora Milaje uh, against John Walker and Battlestar. Uh, why did you try them? <laughs> why? Why, John? Because he's arrogant and narcissistic. And this is actually the beginning of it. That fight is the beginning of his descent into foolishness and madness. Um, but, ooh, 
so entertaining. So I definitely would recommend you press play on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Disney Plus, and it's everywhere. So last, the last show in the What's Up Now part of this particular segment is called Invincible. Man, oh man. Listen, if the, if Invincible was live action, it would be like the boys. And if the boys was a cartoon, it would be like Invincible. Invincible is completely animated for adults. This is not for your children. Um, kind of superhero horror film um, based on the comic series by the same name uh, by Robert Kirkman. Uh, dropped on Amazon Prime. This is an Amazon Prime show on March 25th. They release each episode weekly and they just wrapped up the series on Friday. Um, and it is amazing. It is so good. Uh, by the end of the first episode, I was like, what just happened? Like, it's wild. Um, it stars Stephen Yen as uh, Invincible, Sandra Oh as his mother, Debbie Grayson, and uh, J.K. Simmons as Nolan Grayson, a.k.a. Omni-Man. Um, basically, what we have here is a universe that uh, already is very familiar with superheroes and supervillains and aliens and all kind of stuff. And um, we have Omni-Man who kind of plays this singular individual who supports the the group that helps to like keep the planet safe, which is the guardians of the of the globe. Um, but he kind of is also a lone wolf. He kind of does his thing, but you know, if something happens, he, he shows up, he supports the guardians of the globe until the end of the first episode when he mercs them, all of them. That fight is disgusting. It is bloody. It is like, what? Like just literally, you're just getting used to these characters because you're watching them moments before save the world. You're watching them do it together save this particular city from a uh, uh, from a fight and then you have this complete decimation at the end of the first episode and it just takes you on a tangent you're just like oh spins you off into orbit and you don't figure out or find out why they don't tell you why until the end but over the course of the uh, the subsequent sep- six or seven episodes um what we have is this hero journey that uh Mark Grayson goes on aka Invincible goes on and uh, in becoming and developing um, himself as his own, a superhero in his own right, living trying to live up to the shadow of his father until he finds out that his father is not all who he thought that he was. And he is completely devastated by that fact. And it becomes very sacrificial in nature. And it is a bloody, gory romp. And it is a good old time. One of my absolute favorite things about this show is how they introduce the title uh, every single episode. It is so much fun. It took me about two episodes to figure it out to actually recognize what was happening when it was happening. But once I did, I just I just wanted to actually applaud. Like I love the way they introduce the they uh, incorporate the title in each episode and how they introduce the character. Um, this is a a must watch if you are into superheroes. If you're into animated uh, superhero adaptations, um, especially adult animated superhero adaptations, say that 10 times fast, you will absolutely love this show. It is that good. Um, Definitely, definitely watch. It's worth it. Uh, That is Invincible and that is on Amazon Prime. Okay, so jumping into what's up next for TV, we have three different shows. One is already out, two are coming. And uh, it's 
I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to watch all of these. Uh, they're all so interesting in their own right. The first one is called Zero. And this is so interesting because it is the, it is a superhero story that is found, um, based in Italy, specifically Milan is where they filmed it. It's on Netflix and it is a, a black Italian story. So something that we almost never see, almost never, never <laughs> actually see on film or in television is uh, the black Italian experience. And, um, they really kind of go into what that is, what that's like, um, it stars a young man by the name of Giuseppe Dave Secchi. He plays Zero. His character's name is also Omar. Uh, he works at a pizzeria and he meets this very rich young woman. And he kind of starts to fall in love with her, but he has problems. And that's kind of where he figures out uh, that he has this power of invisibility. And he, in you know, uh, ropes his friends into it and um, finds himself in some sort of twisted plot by a local gangster who's trying to take over their neighborhood and do and be the boss of the area. So that's what Zero is about. It is already out on Netflix. I would suggest it's it's in its native Italian. So what I would suggest, do not watch this on a dub. Definitely watch it in the original language with subtitles. It'll be a much better viewing experience. Um, and it dropped on Netflix globally on April 21st. The next up for Disney, you have Loki. So on June 11th of this year, we're going to get six episodes as a continuation of Marvel's phase four. We have Tom Hiddleston coming back in his, um, in his title role as the God of Mischief, Mischief Loki. It also stars Owen Wilson, Gugu and Bathura, and Bathura, um, Wenmi Mosoku and, um, it, uh, filming was primarily in Atlanta, Georgia. It's streaming. It'll be streaming everywhere on Disney plus. And like I said, that'll be June 11th. So basically what this story is telling is what happens after Loki grabs the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame and disappears. So he is now created an alternate timeline and then he gets brought to the Time Variance Authority, which is kind of an organization that sits outside of time and space, which since we're involving time and space, might as well just say, I love this element in stories, but it always confuses me. I will be confused. You will call, I will color myself confusion because it always confuses me. I can never figure it out, but it's always a good time. And I look forward to trying to figure this one out. Um, when he arrives at the time variance authority, he's kind of given an, a chance to like make a choice. He's given a choice basically. Um, he's either can be deleted or he can, because he's a time variant, or he can help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat. So he ends up kind of being trapped in his own crime thriller and traveling through time and, and, and alternating and altering, sorry, not alternating and altering human history as he goes about it. So it's, uh, it should be really interesting. It sounds like it's going to be, um, uh, a really good time and I'm looking forward to it. And so that is Loki, which drops on June 11th on Disney plus everywhere. And then finally, something that's actually coming up really recent, um, on May 7th, we are getting a new show on Netflix and it's called Jupiter's legacy. So basically this, this story follows, um, uh, are the world's kind of first superheroes who get their powers in the 1930s and they end up basically, 
um, being the ones to protect the world for many, many, many years. But then they end up having to, it's time to like pass the gauntlet down to their sisters, sisters, si- what the whole entire heck is going on with me? Sisters. <laughs> down to their children, their offspring. <laughs> and you know, after that, after I said sisters, I was going to say siblings. How about no to both? to their children and uh there is some tension and friction that goes on there this show stars josh jamal as sheldon samson the utopian ben daniels as walter samson brainwave leslie bibb as grace samson uh lady liberty elena Camporis as chloe samson andrew horton as brandon samson the paragon mike wade as fitz small the flare matt and matt lanter as george hutchins skyfox fun fact This show was also filmed in and around Toronto and is also based on a comic book series by Mark Millar and Frank Quitely. Um, And like I said, it is set to start streaming on May 7th. That is literally just this week. So when the, by the time this podcast airs, uh, it'll drop on the 6th. And then the following day, you guys can start watching Jupiter's Legacy everywhere on Netflix. Okay. So on to movies. There is no point in doing honorable mention for movies. There are too many to even count. There's too many, like just a lot. So I'm going to just jump into the ones that I really wanted to focus on in this part of the what of what was up, what's up now and what's up next for superhero films. Okay, so for what was up, three films I want you to to watch if you have not watched yet. I'm I'm just going to tell you my recommendation is watch. (laughs) Um, I'm also going to tell you really, really loved each of these films and they're a lot of fun. Um, So the first one is Project Power. It's um, a Netflix property. It dropped last August on the 14th of August 14th, 2020. And it, um, it is Directed by Henry Juice and Ariel Schumann, Schulman, produced by Eric Newman and Brian Unkles, and written by Mattson Tomlin. Uh, it stars Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback, whose star is rising, rising. Um, she is basically, she's up next. She's, who's got next? It's this girl. She's uh, basically taking Hollywood by storm, and uh, we are here for it. Love to see it. They kind of work together as a trio to kind of stop um, uh, these villains from taking over um, um, with this drug that is used to give people superpowers for five minutes. So the 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 drug is called power, right? And um, so like I said, it gives people who take it um, various superpowers. You never actually know what you're going to get until you take it. Um, but it only lasts for five minutes. So there is just a lot of drama that ensues. Um, it's fun. It's a good old time. They definitely pumped money into it. Um, talking about just over an hour and a half. I watched it over a year ago. It's still a kind of fuzzy, but what I will say is that I a hundred percent enjoyed this. It was, uh, a wa- it was really good. There's a lot that they could have done with this. They could have actually, you know, really dug a little deep, deeper into, um, the story and into the world and how, what this pill, um, not necessarily just in the area of, of New Orleans that's it's focused on, but what is, what about the greater world? Like, what are the effects there? Like, I would actually like to see this turned into a television show because I think there's lots to explore. Um, 
with it like you know in terms of like how people can become like just the worst versions of themselves and what what the effects on crime would be if this you know just became readily available to people um but right now it's basically just in the way they focus it is in this one area of new orleans and all of the drama that ensues um around having people um push this drug um and the effects of the of of the effects of the drug on the users because people do can do and can become addicted so um i would definitely suggest watching project power jamie Jamie Foxx, I mean, the man very rarely can do any wrong. So yeah, that's Project Power um, everywhere on Netflix. The second film I want to talk to you about is called Fast Color. Now, this one came out in 2018 and was directed by Julia Hart. She also wrote the screenplay along with Jordan Horowitz. And it stars uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Lorraine Toussaint, uh, Sanaya Sidney, Christopher Denham, and uh, David Stratham. And it basically tells the story of multi-generational, um, uh, like family who all have superpowers. And, um, in order to try to deal with her powers, Ruth, who's played by Gugu, basically leaves and, and, and it leads her to become an addict. And, um, she leaves her young daughter with her grandmother, uh, who is played by uh, Lorraine Toussaint, also known as Beau, and she is the matriarch of the family. There's obviously some strained relationships between Lorraine Toussaint char- Toussaint's character, Beau, and Ruth um, because of the addiction and because of the powers. Um, and we kind of find them in the middle of this. Um, this is not the beginning of their story. This is the middle of their story. And then you have the lovely Sanaya Sydney as Lila, who is Ruth's daughter and who has no real relationship with her mother. She knows that Bo is her grandmother, um, but she has no connection to Ruth. And um, and we see that play out and wow, the effects of these, you know, fractured relationships um, between these generations. Everyone is kind of trying to mother everybody, um, you know, like. As children do, they try to take care of the people who are taking care of them because they they worry about them. And, and it's the same thing that's happening uh, between uh, Bo and Ruth, who's trying to like, Bo's trying to get Ruth together. She's worried about her effect on, on Lila and Lila's worried for Bo and their relationship, uh, the relationship between, between Bo and Ruth. But fundamentally... It's, it's a story of not being afraid of who you are. And when you figure out if you're, when you realize that you don't have to be afraid of who you are, then you can actually really uh, create change and do something, do fantastic things. And, um, it, the way it's depicted because it's filmed in the, in, in the Midwest, um, there is a drought and the drought has been protracted. It's going on for eight years. Um, uh, but the problem with this drought, with this whole situation is that, um, there's like an organization who's aware that these people can do things. And so Ruth has been on the run as, as a result of this. Um, and she finds herself unable to, um, continue to escape. So she finds herself back home. Um, but you know, safe Harbor only lasts for a little while until she's finally tracked down by her adversaries. Um, and she has to reunite with her mother and with Lila in order to, uh, save them. Um, well, save all of them. Um, Bo fundamentally gives herself up in order to save her daughter and granddaughter. Um, 
the fantastic thing about this is that this movie, which really received, like it did really bad at the, the box office, but it, to no fault of its own, um, it was uh, picked up by Cold Black. Um, and then that part of the, the relationship between Cold Black and Lionsgate ended. So therefore the marketing budget disappeared and it didn't really start to gain traction until it landed at Amazon. And that's where you can see it. It's on Amazon prime. Um, it didn't start to gain traction until it landed there. And then in recent news in a fantastic turn of events, Viola Davis's production company called Juvie productions came in, um, and started working, has started working with Amazon studios in order to track, to, uh, change this from uh, a film to a television series. So it's going to pick up where we left off at the end of the movie and it's going to become a television show, which is going to be amazing because the world is huge. And so there's, and there's a lot more to, to explore here. And the way that they actually presented us with the story gave, gives a lot of room, especially the way that the movie ended for, there's a lot of runway here. So I'm excited to see what happens next. I was super uh, happy to hear about this. I was shocked at the fact that I didn't know about it when I first found out, because I was like, hold on, there is a movie featuring three generations of black women and they're all stupers. What? How come I didn't know anything about this? And well, and when I did my research and found out why, it kind of made sense, but it didn't make it any less annoying. Um, the movie is great. It's great. Lorraine Toussaint, in her own right, she's just, she's fantastic. She's a powerhouse. I talked about her last week because um, she's also in Concrete Cowboy. She's great. She's She's got longevity. She's got depth. She's got range. She's got everything. And Gugu, same uh, with her, and I don't know how she's not a household name. She has been in so many things. And like I said, she's going to be in Loki. So hopefully that will start to like give her more visibility because she's fantastic. Um, she's fantastic. That's yeah. So definitely I would hundred percent press play on fast color on Amazon prime. The third film for what was up is called freaks. This is a 2018 film, Canadian, written and directed by Zap Lepofsky and Adam Stein. Um, It stars Emile Hirsch, Bruce Stern, and Grace Grace Park, Amanda Crew, and Lexi uh, Kolker. Um, I just watched this. Um, uh, It is really good. Uh, The first 45 minutes are probably the most frustrating because it, 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 it has a character who is also a seven-year-old child, <laughs> who is a seven-year-old child who just drives me nuts with her disobedience and her insolence and her lack of discipline. <laughs> like it's it's one of those stories, very much like raising Dion, where I was just like, "Oh my god, kid, why can't you like? Could you just listen?" And it costs her, of course it does, um, because that's how almost all of these shows with children or teenagers on a hero journey play out like the cost is great um the overall is wonderful so basically what's happening is you have this young woman this young girl her name is chloe her father um emile hirsch is henry and uh then her grandfather bruce stern so basically she there's like only like four locations in this film and they, uh, Chloe is uh, living in squalor, I kid you not, and poverty with her father. 
who has basically built this time bubble around their house in order to protect her because months, a few months before there was some sort of huge, uh, huge event, um, at a place called Maddox mountain. So in this world that they live in, uh, People with superhuman abilities exist, but they are called abnormals and um, freaks for the layman or the, the derogatory term is freaks, abnormals for the politically correct term. And they are basically uh, outlawed and feared by society. And so they were apparently given this opportunity to go to this place called Maddox Mountain where they could relocate, but it's not really relocation. They're just being jailed, terminated and experimented on. Of course, right? Um, and unbeknownst to Chloe, she starts seeing her mother in this captivity because she is developing her abnormal powers and she doesn't know that she is, right? And for the time being of her entirety of her life, she's kept in this bubble um, and she's being trained to act and sound and speak like a normal kid. But as all of this is happening, her powers are also developing and her powers are really kind of based in her emotional responses, as almost always, um, with uh, superhero powers being revealed, it's almost always biological or, or emotional, one of the two. And in this particular instance, it is uh, emotional and she is um, getting angry because she doesn't understand why her life is the way it is. And her father is only telling her what he understands to be the truth, but also what he needs to tell her in order to keep her safe. But naturally she rebels against this. And then this is where the drama ensues. So, um, she's telepathic, I guess that's the way you could explain it, but she's more than that. Like she would be like, uh, Xavier, Professor X, um, Jean Grey mashup without the telekinesis, but she, her telepathy is pronounced. So she basically can pull you pull anyone from their reality like she could pull herself into your reality you see her um no one else can see her from your reality but she can manipulate everybody in your reality if she's pulled you in and then where she physically is the people anyone who enters her space after she's pulled someone pulled herself into someone's reality can see and speak to the person that has been pulled in but they cannot affect that person's reality so much so there are like some loopholes there like with uh with henry because henry his superpower is that he can affect and control time which is what he has done so he's created this bubble around his house and he has been in the house for seven years uh you know training chloe but in reality it has only been a few months since this horrible um attack on Maddox Mountain, um, where, uh, Chloe's mother has been, um, kidnapped and, 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 and not kidnapped, sorry, uh, arrested and, and she, they're being held, she's being held there. And so they're figuring out a way to rescue her, which is where, uh, which is how we meet Bruce Dern, um, who's, who's, who um, Chloe's grandfather and, uh, Henry's father-in-law. So, Overall, like I, I found this, I found it very inter entertaining, uh, frustrated for the first 45 minutes. Cause you know, dealing with this kid who just doesn't want to listen. And I'm just kind of like, er, but nonetheless, uh, the story moves forward and it is, it's well done for only four locations. They really develop the characters. You really understand, uh, why, um, Henry is doing what he's doing. And then as you get more pieces of the puzzle, um, you kind of see how Henry was also wrong. So, uh, Again, I would definitely press 
press play on this one. It is on Netflix and um, that is called Freaks. So then, okay, so that's up for what was up. So for what's up now, two films that I've seen, love, love, love. Um, well, one, love, 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 and one was, mm, I enjoyed it. It was cute. Um, and that is, the first one is called Thunder Force. Also on Netflix, it's globally. It just dropped recently, uh, maybe just a couple of weeks ago. And it stars Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy. They play best friends who get estranged as they grow older, mainly due to the fact that Melissa McCarthy is a little bit weird and, and, and irresponsible and whatever, but it's, it's funny. Um, and Octavia Spencer basically plays this genius who grows up to develop a serum that allows people to obtain superpowers. And that's because in their world, supervillains exist. So villains have been able to attain superpowers and they are now wrecking shop and wreaking havoc on the world. Um, and in uh, all of these American cities. So she wanted an answer to that because I, uh, because of something that happened to her in her personal life. And um, and that's, she is Octavia Spencer. So she developed this serum. Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy with her bumbling idiot self uh, trying to get uh, uh, Octavia Spencer's character to join her at their high school reunion accidentally gets injected with the first round of the serum and now has to, you know, live up to this uh, mantle that she's been handed um, of a superhero. They join forces uh, as Octavia has uh, the power to be invisible and, uh, you know, start fighting crime. And uh, many things happen. Uh, the show also, the movie also stars uh, Bobby Cannavale um, and Jason Bateman. And they are, Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy have this weird little, like, love connection and weird <laughs> but it's really funny it's a good time i mean you know i would watch it just don't expect a whole lot it's cool it's all right like it is what it is just take it for what it is watch it and then move on with your life it's cool but that's thunder force and on on netflix then you have then this one like the gigantic epic tale of Zack snyder's justice league four hour opus um, it is wonderful. I really enjoyed it. He was really able to provide each of the characters with their own introductions to the audience. He curate, he gave them their own music. He gave them their own style. He gave them their own vibe, their own energy. We saw Barry in a different light. We, more of him um, as the Flash. We saw more of Cyborg. We saw more of Aquaman. Aquaman almost didn't need his own film because of the way that he was introduced and how the conflict was created between um, him and the Atlanteans and how he feels about them. Um, the Steppenwolf is even bigger and badder in, in, in Zack Snyder's version. We actually get to see Darkseid um, as well as we also get Desaad. I mean, like, no, also... Woo! Surprise, surprise, Martian Manhunter. Oh my, I wanted to throw something. I was, I was like, holy crap on a cracker. We haven't seen him in, in major motion, in, in film. We've seen him in, in Supergirl on TV, just not in a movie yet. And so he, that was a complete surprise. Like, I was just like, holy crap. It is four hours. It does uh, star all of your of of uh, of the actors from the previous film, uh, which is Ben Affleck, 
um, Batman, Henry Cavill, Clark Kent, Superman, Amy Adams, Lois Lane, Gal Gadot, Diana, um, and Wonder Woman, Ray Fisher, Victor Stone, Cyborg, Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry, Aquaman, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, The Flash, Willem Dafoe, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, Jerry Irons, Alfred Pennyworth, Diane Lane, Martha Kent, etc., etc., etc. Um, the extended scenes at the end, you want to keep watching. You want to watch it right until the end and it goes to fully black because that's where the, there's some extra, extra tea gets spilt. Um, yeah, I mean, he, they, Zach really just expanded on the world. He, he gave everybody like their own contained, um, um, story and then strung all the threads together, um, bringing the, you know, the moment when, uh, when, Superman comes back like you know that's what I live for right um <laughs> that's what I was just like just give me my boy just give him to me um that moment was just like amazing the fight scene was extended and then what he tries to do to bring himself back to himself when he's like coming back to himself all of that gets extended we see more of it we see more how he's getting his memory back and um, you know, after he takes Lois and they fly off and they go back to the farm, you get more of that. It's just like, man, it's so good. I just, I can't. It's four hours. It's epic. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. You should watch it. Uh, in the States, HBO Max. In Canada, HBO and Crave. Everywhere else in the world, you'll find it wherever you can find HBO. So if you can get HBO to get your eye, to lay your eyes on it, that's where you're going to find it. Uh, that's Zack Snyder's The Snyder Cut of Justice League. Okay, so now we're out of what's up now. Here is what's up next. Three films. I'm just going to hit you with them fast because, again, they're not out yet. And so I'm only just going to be kind of telling you what I know about them so far so I can get you excited because I'm excited to see every single one of these. Okay, so first up is Marvel's very first Asian superhero and that film is called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and it's expected to drop on September 3rd of this year so you know giving it a Q3 Q3 yeah Q3 release kind of says a lot about uh about films Q3 Q4 uh we're talking about your heavy hitters right so the fact that they're dropping it at that point we're gonna see whether or not this goes automatically to Disney plus because we don't know right we don't know what the world's gonna look like in September. Things have been continually changing and uh, as a result um, lots of studios have pushed their slates and continually are changing their slates so we'll see what happens with this one but um, that's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings that's September 3rd. Um, it stars it stars Simi Liu as Shang-Chi, Aquafina as Katie, Tony Lung as Wen Wu, the Mandarin, Michelle Yeoh as Jiang Nan, Fala Chen as Jiang Li, uh, Menger Zhang as Jiang Ling, uh, Florian Muntone, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm going to do better at this, I, I, I promise, I'm going to try, <laughs> as Razor Fist, and Ronnie Ching as John John. Um, essentially what the plot is, so obviously it's, uh, this is based off of a Marvel character, 
And uh, the Ten Rings is apparently some sort of uh, shadowy organization. And he has been given leave to live out his life. But he was trained by his father to take over from him um, as um, as the head of the Ten Rings. Um, and um, he calls him back home. And obviously, there's not that. That's probably not what ends up happening. I highly doubt that he becomes some type of supervillain. But we're going to see how it all plays out. And like I said, slated for September 3rd. We don't know what's going to happen. I hope they drop this. I really do hope they drop it on Disney+. Plus. And it would be nice if they would drop it on Disney+, Plus and not make me have to pay for it. <laughs> I already pay for the, the freaking uh, subscription. Come on. Right? Um, but we're looking forward to this one. Um, in general, I love watching... Um, um, karate and kung fu movies. Um, I love watching the fantasy-based ones. So whether they're grounded in reality or they're telling a fantastical story, I love watching them. So I'm here for this. I'm I'm here for um, any stories that cross over between Eastern and Western culture, um, and and incorporate Eastern and West, uh, well Eastern fighting styles. Um, j- just sign me up, okay? Just take my money. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking forward to this one, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, a Marvel production distributed by Walt Disney, and I'm hoping will land on Disney+. Plus. All right, so another film that has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back is Black Widow. We were supposed to get Black Widow last year, I believe, but um, this movie is picking up because we all know that by the end of Avengers... Um, we've lost her. Like she has passed on and she is not coming back. Right. So, um, this film is going to drop on July 9th. It'll be in theaters as well as through Disney plus with premiere access, which makes they're going to charge us for us, but charges for this. I'm going to pay for this one. <laughs> when this drops, I'll definitely be paying for it. Um, this, the timeline here is between infinity war and Endgame. And um, we're just kind of seeing what Black Widow was up to in between those two films. So, because at first I was just like, how does this work? But of course, Marvel made a way, as they always do. Their timelines don't totally suck. Um, sorry, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing shade at you, DC. You, I'm looking at you. Um, so, you know, they figured out a way to tell this story and give Black Widow her own film. Um, and I, I mean, we were supposed to get this already. I've been waiting on this one. So I know y'all been waiting. If I've been waiting, child, I know y'all been waiting. So I'm looking forward to this and I'm definitely going to pay for that one. Um, because I've been waiting and we're already very familiar with her. I want to see what she can do. And I want to see what her past was like. I want to see who, what her family was about. Like, I want to see how this all goes down and how it plays out. And because the story is more grounded in reality, you know, she's just a bad gal. Like, and I love it. I love it. From the moment she was introduced um, Scarlett Johansson's character has been brought nothing but amazing fight moments and sequences and she just nails the character. She does such a great job in it. So I'm looking forward to this one and that's Black Widow 2021 dropping on July 9th. And in other remake news, the last film to round out the What's Up Next segment is the Suicide Squad. Now, this is James Gunn's Suicide Squad. So, the original Suicide Squad, which came out in 2016, uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was not good. It just wasn't good. Um, and so, what they did, what they, re- they exactly what Jack, uh, Zack Snyder got to do, they remade the film. Uh, they brought back most of the cast, except for 
actually one of the people who did a great, I liked it. I, there was moments that I just found were really good, um, which is Will Smith. So no Will Smith, but we're getting Idris Elba. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, what do I do here? Do I be mad about Will Smith and not get Idris? I don't know. That's a, that's hard. No, that's a hard one. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is where we are. Uh, remake, it's um, completely, apparently completely different. There are uh, different characters. There are different scenes, but a lot, lots of the same characters. So uh, here we have Margot Robbie returning as Harlequin. Idris Elba plays Bloodsport. John Cena as the Peacemaker. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. He's back. Sylvester Stallone is the voice of King Shark. That's a whole new character. Viola, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. She's back. Uh, Jay Courtney is Captain Bo uh, Captain Boomerang. And Peter Capati as The Thinker. Should be interesting. We also get Polka Dot Man, uh, Rat Catcher, uh, you know, Savant. A bunch of other, uh, like, Suicide, suicide Squad-worthy characters, basically, from the, from the comics. But this should be good. Uh, they're looking... They're looking, so this is coming, um, HBO Max, it's looking to be August 6th of this year. So, you know, keep your eyes out for that one. That'll be late summer. And, um, yeah, I, I just want to see what he does with this film. It should be really interesting. I'm hoping that we get it here in Canada on Crave at the same time. That would be wonderful. Like they did for, um, Justice League. So that's what I'm hoping for. And yeah, that's Suicide Squad, HBO Max uh, in the United States, HBO Crave in Canada when it does drop. And if not, you'll be able to rent it on Amazon, YouTube, Google, Apple, uh, Cineplex, uh, usually where the places where you can go to to rent uh, blockbusters when they're coming out the same weekend or at the beginning before they go to streaming. So yeah, that's the last film for this segment. What was up? What's up now and what's up next? Y'all know whenever you hear Beyonce sing, you know what's next. Welcome to Hollywood. What's happening in Hollywood that relates to superheroes their news, TV, movies, etc. And there's a lot. There's always something happening as it relates to this particular genre because it's been the biggest moneymaker for Hollywood in the last 10 years. Thank y'all got to thank Marvel for that. Uh, DC started it. Marvel took the baton and has run with it. And uh, they're doing great things and producing great content. So it's making people money. And so they're just doing more of the same. Um, in that regard, let's start here with some casting announcements. So as part of Marvel's continued um, uh, releases to Disney Plus for their limited series, we have uh, Secret Invasion. And um, this picks up, it's in the same world as Captain Marvel. And they have announced recently that the mother of dragons, Amelia Clark. Um, and the Queen of England, Olivia Coleman, will be joining the cast, who also includes Samuel L. Jackson returning as Nick Fury, uh, Ben Mendelsohn um, returning as a part of, the, uh, from, uh, as one of the Cree, and Kingsley Benadire as well, returning um, to 
the universe. I want you, like, I dare y'all, tell me some Ben Mendelsohn show a movie that is not amazing. Like, I'll wait. Y'all can't tell me. Actually, I'm not going to wait because I know you guys cannot tell me. Ben Mendelsohn is amazing. I love his voice. I love his voice. And there's nothing to say about Sam L. Jackson. There is nothing to say. He's a, he's the GOAT. He's an icon. He's an icon living. Like, it's it's just what it is. Um, and Kensley, uh, Kingsley Benadier is no slouch. O Olivia Coleman, lauded. And Amelia Clark. Yeah. Daenerys? Targaryen? Can we say any, any more? Like, it's... This is greatness here. This is greatness. Um, more cast announcements, but this is for uh, DC, the DC multiverse, DC, the DC extended universe. I'm all over the place when it comes to talking today. It's like, huh. Um, so The Flash, this movie has been going through development hell, but thank goodness it is definitely out of that. And it has, there has been so much rumor and so much speculation and excitement is growing and growing and growing and growing. And because of all of these rumors and we, that we've been hearing for months and months, everybody's kind of looking for the things that have been nailed down. What can we confirm? Well, this is what we know for sure. So Esma Rilla, Esma, no, seriously, what's going on with me today? <laughs> Ezra Miller is going to be reprising his role as The Flash um, in his standalone uh, film. And they just announced that added to the cast officially is Michael Keaton returning in the cowl and the cape as Batman. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Obviously, you heard how I feel about Michael Keaton when I opened the episode. Like, this is excitement for me. Um, ben Affleck is also returning. This is going to be a multiverse. We're going to see multiple characters in the same role. They're bringing actors back for this. Um, but this is definitely one of the things I can confirm. Michael Keaton is coming back. There's also rumors that Brandon Ralph will be returning as Superman. You know, um, I'm hoping that we're going to get Cyborg. I'm hoping we're going to get Wonder Woman. I'm hoping we're going to get uh, Henry Cavill as, uh, as as Superman. So like, like I just, this, if they do this right, this will be amazing. But they have to get the script. They have to nail the script. They got to nail the story because without it, nothing matters. Doesn't matter how many amazing people you pull in, it's just going to suck. So <laughs> let's not do that to the fans. Um, but more, more, please. More, 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 more. Um, also, it looks like we're going to be getting a, another Captain America film. So at the end, so we just wrapped, uh, as I, I told you, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier just ended. And now it looks like there's going to be a fourth Captain America film. And it's going to be written by head writer Malcolm Spellman, who's also going to be working with another staff writer on the show by the name of Dalen Musan to write the script. So I'm hoping, obviously, that it would make no sense to not have Sam, um, um, sorry, uh, Anthony Mackie return as Sam and have Sebastian Stan return as um, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. They're, they've built these worlds around these characters. Obviously, we should, and these actors, we should continue to stay in line, in that vein. We don't, I don't know when we're going to get this, but that looks like uh, that has been announced. And so we're excited to see what happens with that. Now, to round out what's happening in Hollywood, let me just spill some upcoming dates for y'all. So National Superhero Day was just a few days ago. And as a result, Fandango posted on Instagram a list of film uh, uh, movies that we can expect over the next three years. So the rest of this year and then 2022 and into 2023. So this is what we have to look forward to. Uh, July 9th, as I already told you, Black Widow, August 6th, Suicide Squad, 
uh, September 3rd, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. September 24th, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, November 5th, uh, The Eternals. And December 17th, Spider-Man No Way Home. 2022, we can look forward to Morbius. Like, come on already with Morbius, man. We've been waiting. You know how many trailers I've seen? Jeez. March 4th, uh, The Batman. That will be Robert's, Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Uh, that is already in production. I know that for sure. March 25th, Doctor Strange 2. May 6th, Thor Love and Thunder, which I also believe is in production. May, May 22nd, DC Super Pets. I don't even know what that's about. Uh, July 8th, Black Panther 2. Hmm. I know the writing has started, but what are we doing? Um, July 29th, Black Adam. October 7th, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Loved the original. Uh, November 4th, DC's The Flash. November 11th, Captain Marvel 2. Really? Um, December 16th, Aquaman 2. There must be a lot of filming going on in, on Disney backlots. Like, holy crap and a crapper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 2023, bunch of untitled stuff by Marvel. Uh, something slated for February 17th, which is untitled. May 5th, untitled. June 2nd, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Uh, Shazam 2. You guys should watch that. That was fun. Um, the first one anyway. July 28th, untitled Marvel. And November 3rd, another untitled Marvel film. So yeah, that's what we can expect. That is what is up in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see all of the great superhero-based um, films that are coming our way. So that's what's coming up and what's happening in Hollywood. Up next, we've got, you guessed it, Twitter Me Laughing. <laughs> so it just so happened that days before I recorded the podcast, it was National Superhero Day. And as a result, uh, Twitter, well, the Twitterverse decided to have this conversation about whether or not, like, what would happen? What would life be like if the Avengers are real? And the tweets that came out of this hashtag were absolutely hilarious. Thanks to <laughs> our good, good friends over at the Shade Room. They compiled a bunch of them and I'm going to share those with you. So at Alpine's Winter tweeted, I feel like if the Avengers were real, we would all really, really hate them. At Sam, the captain followed that tweet up by, by saying, me, watching Cap use my car as a springboard. The picture is a pissed off curler and face mask wearing black Stewie looking out the window. Just vex. <laughs> watching Cap tear up, her, tear up his stuff. At Lucky7024576 tweeted, me, Watching the Avengers tear up the block for the sixth time this week, and I finally paid off my car. It's a pic of a guy just trying to enjoy his fries when he hears the destruction taking place outside. All he has to give is a hard side eye. It's the pictures for me, y'all. The pictures that accompany these tweets are absolutely hilarious. They just make the tweet that much more funny. At Supian underscore tweeted, when I'm just sitting in my car in a McDonald's parking lot, when all of a sudden I'm flying through the air, the poor fish is just staring forlornly out the window of the now airborne car contemplating its entire existence. Like, what would you do? It's just like, you got Mac sauce everywhere, French fries flying. It's like, how did this become my life? Damn you, Captain America. <laughs> anyway, you guys got to go check out the hashtag. Go look up Nash, uh, the hashtag for National Superhero Day. This was Twitter me laughing. 
And that is it. We have come to the end of another episode. If you're still here, thank you so much. I know that you, this was a big one. It was super sassed. You probably had to, you know, chop this one in bunches and eat it and listen to it in bits, but that's okay because you made it to the end. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. I uh, had so much fun recording this recording this episode. Guys, we went through eight movies. We went through eight television shows. We went through what's going on in Hollywood, superhero related, and there's constantly news. And by the time that you guys listen to this, there's going to be even more news. So I'm going to try to keep you guys updated as time goes on and as things continue to change um, and more uh, more content is made about superheroes, um, new content, etc. But I really wanted to curate a list that was not necessarily your standard fare. And I hope that I've been able to do that. Hope I've been able to introduce you to some new shows and some new new movies that um, are superhero related. And I hope you guys really had as much fun as I did. Up next on Obsessible. So I, I just kind of want to give you guys a little bit of, a little bit of uh, like incentive to keep listening. So I just want to share with you what I'm going to be doing next. So the next episode is actually going to be a live taping. Uh, we're doing an interview with an author. Her name is Tashiba Billix, and she wrote this amazing book called No Handouts for Black Girls. That's happening on Saturday, May 8th at 5 p.m. We're doing it on Instagram Live, Rosebud Entertainment, Nikki Alexis, Tashiba Billings. Um, you can find us at all of those handles on Instagram and that's where the the live taping will be happening and I'm really looking forward to this conversation this was really amazing an amazing book um and I love reading and sharing books with you um typically I read fantasy but this was one of those ones I just couldn't you know miss out on the opportunity to share so that's what that is no handouts for black girls with Toshiba Billings. We're going to have episodes coming up that are dedicated to fantasy, dedicated to action, science fiction, and we're going to start our story time segments. Um, hopefully when, I, not hopefully, when I finish writing the book, we're going to start those segments. Just don't want to leave you guys hanging. Um, but once again, thank you so much for listening. Love you besties. This is Nicole aka Nikki and this is this has been a Rosebud Entertainment production. Bye.